You ready to dump in, Pilgrim? Oh, God. Well, at least we have our intro now. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the intro. Ooh, holy cow, who are you? I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Hey, everyone. That was exciting. I, and we have an exciting Metacast coming up for you uh, today. So uh, we need to get our announcements going and get through that so that we can cut right to the chase. Uh, we need to maintain sort of a, a general tempo. Sometimes we we uh, we sort of get full of ourselves and we're not, crisp, we're not crisp enough. But wow. today we're talking about tempos within Agile Teams. Wow. Josh, Josh pulls a sports something out of the air, which is a wonderful compliment. So we're teasing you, but it's a. I think it's a good one. Yeah. So before we get to that, Josh. So the only thing we're going to talk about is today we're launching the Agile Podcast Network. Ooh, we're launching. We are launching. Oh my God! Is it on the? It's on the the pad. Is it? Oh, is, it's not anymore. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It is. It's shot through the atmosphere. It's, yes. Oh. So we have banded together with um, like-minded podcasters out there in the agile world, and we now have agilepodcast.com, agilepodcastnetwork.com, and agilepodnet on Twitter, where you can. This is going to be your one-stop shop for all the agile podcasts you need. So if you want to get agile. We are it. We, gosh, Josh, you are. Yeah. So everyone, just kudos, golf clap. This is the, this is the brainchild of my partner here, Josh Anderson. Nice job. So we're out there with multiple uh, podcasters, right? And it really gets back to the mission of what we're trying to do is we're trying to help people. And what we realized, are, what are we trying to do? I, we're trying to help people be more effective. Ow, that was my elbow. Um, be more effective in their job and agile can help and we realize that we aren't the only voice we, we aren't sh- the only voice we shouldn't be the only voice what <laughs> so there, there there are other folks that are out there that are doing the same thing we're doing that should be heard and would help you achieve whatever you're trying to achieve so the goal is that together we can help you do whatever it is you're trying to do in your organization absolutely one of the other things one of the side effects uh, i'll just share it is we're not that regular sometimes with our podcast. So if we like go down for the count for a week or two, uh, there's going to be. I guess that means there's someone else going to be there, right? There will always there will always be episodes coming. So out. there's always episodes. Oh, that's cool. So that gives us cover. We've never had cover in the past when we've gone silent right. for a brief. Always my fault. Always. Always my fault, yeah. but for a brief period of time. So it's cover. It's topics. Uh, very well respected folks. Yes. Uh, different slants, like Corey Bryan, I think, has joined. And mm-hmm. Corey comes at it from a product ownership point of view. Uh, and I come at it from that point of view. But, I mean, he, that's all he talks about. I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could just talk about product <laughs> ownership, you know. And, but it, there's a lot of nuance to it. There's a lot of details. And he gets in. One of the nice things is, depending on the lens of the podcasters, they get into more details, right? Yep. Uh, into more of the hands-on activity and more of the tools and tactics and things. So... Uh, that's exciting news. Yeah. So that so that's the big news. Just again, trying to help you achieve everything you're trying to do. And we know we shouldn't be the only voices. We know there are others that are out there that can help you. So we've united with them to give you more tools. So pay attention. Look it up. 
whatever it is, Twitter it, smoke, uh, Reddit it, Reddit it. Look at you with Reddit. Holy crap. I pulled that. I don't know. That's... 2017 is already it's a, a good, victory. It's, I'm, I'm just, I'm there, man. I'm God there. Bless America. Yeah, absolutely. So everyone, so get, get on the bandwagon and give them feedback. Give yes. us feedback. Uh, we're a unified front. And again, I like the fact that Josh brought up, it's our global mission just to help folks. We want to, we want to get more good agile out in the world. Yep. And we want to eradicate some of that dark, bad agile stuff that's going on. Absolutely. Uh, to the degree that we can. Uh, so, what else? We have? Anything else? That's it. So on to the episode. Tempo. Tempo. Cadence. Cadence. Rhythm. Rhythm. Ooh. Other synonyms. That's it. Okay. Leave it with rhythm. Okay. And hope you enjoy it. Take care, everyone. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm Bob Galen. Holy moly. New Year's, everyone. 2017. Bob Galen. I like it. It's only for five minutes. But, um, That's fine. That's normal. I have, That's I have, what our listeners I know. are used and then, to. And then I go to quiet, Bob yeah. Galen. Yeah. You sit back. The arms cross. You go into reflective mode. Smoke it if you got them. Yeah. <laughs> Q-tip Bob comes out. <laughs> <laughs> That's a historical reference, Metacasters, that we will try to ignore. But I do appreciate Josh for bringing it up again. Yeah, yeah. we really appreciate it. I can yes, tell. Yes, yes, I do. So, Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, we're back. What are we going to talk about, Josh? We are talking about cadence, tempo. Cadence, tempo. I'm thinking marching bands. That's cool. I mean, New Year's marching bands, Christmas, mm-hmm. Macy's. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're talking about? Exactly. You know what? The Cary, North Carolina marching band did go to Macy's. Did you Did you see I that? Did, I didn't know that. I did not see it. Uh, I saw them actually. It was It was pretty cool. It was a big deal for them. Yeah. Right. I I was I was sort of you know lackluster about it, but that was cool. So, but they marched they marched crisply and with cadence. They did. So, what do we mean by cadence? What do we? What's the deal? Before the Metacaster, don't tune out yet. Let's explain what we're talking about before you, like, turn this one off and wait for the next one. So it's the importance of cadence in, I guess, the Agile world. That's the, the angle we're going at it from. And, and thinking about this last night, we, we discussed the topic a little bit yesterday. And going back to the football and Agile comparison. You're taking it back to football. I'm taking – that's just kind of who I am. It is right? who you just are. Kind of, let's just accept it. All right, so go for it. Right. What? So everything we did was on a tempo and cadence. Our practice schedules were the same. Our meeting schedules were the same. You knew where you needed to be when. You knew what you needed to be prepared for. We even went so far as to, so the pregame warm-ups, right, before a game, we practiced that. Oh, you did not. We practiced that so that way on Saturday you weren't thinking about where do I go, what do I do. You practiced the warm-up? You went out. Like people go to different little areas and stuff and they do their thing. Right. So what they did is like, okay, this Saturday when we play Syracuse, this is not going to be the first time we've done this. We're going to go out and we're going to get the tempo of a pregame warm-up of how we do things. I would never have guessed that, actually. Right. So, so, so that way on Saturday, you weren't thinking about where do I need to go, what do I need to do. You've done it before. You know the rhythm. You know when you come out. You know what you do. You know when you go in. You know when you come back out. Okay. And go. And then the importance of keeping that same tempo. So we always had a pregame meal four hours before game time. Three hours before game time where we are in the locker room. Two hours before game game time, X, Y, and Z happens. One hour before everybody goes out, you do your thing. Come back in, whether it's a noon start time, 7 p.m. start time, 8 p.m. start the time. The leading up activity West is the Coast, same. The tempo's the same. 
Yep. So you are in your rhythm. You're comfortable. You know what you're doing. You're not thinking about what I need to do. You, you go. go you, you go, perform. boy. Yeah, you're on this football tempo thing. Yeah. Metacasters, his hands are moving. He's like sort of animated here. <laughs> this is this is in his sweet – this is in the Josh sweet spot. It is. Yeah, it's a very small sweet spot, but it's my sweet spot. No, this, 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 <laughs> this is it. I wish this would be a case for video metacast. You yes. know that to see to see how passionate you are. That's coming in 2017. So it's it's regular. so it's not an agile te- thing. The thing that hit me last night was it's a human thing. It's a humans like regularity, consistency, knowing what they have in front of them, taking that thought out of what should I be doing to how do I effectively do what I'm doing. And taking those pieces out. So that's that's the thing that hit me last night is is that it's not an agile thing. It's just it's a human thing. What's the what is an optimal way to get a group of humans to optimize the way they work? And then what you talked about is you talked about different levels and that's what we're gonna get into in the Metacast is like the different levels of, of tempo. Yeah. And we wanna that's what Metacast is what we want to give you and we'll create it on the fly, I th- I hope is uh, sort of different windows into different lengths of tempo or different types of tempo. But in your case, in football, well, the game has tempo, mm-hmm. right? It's what? It's quarters, it's halves, it's the, the, it's the entire, it's the two-minute warning. Mm-hmm. So there's like a two-minute warning drill or something like that, right? Yep. So the game itself, by the time boxes, has tempo. Right. So there's game tempo. Uh, then there's season tempo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've heard... Uh, Pro football coaches talk about breaking what is it sixteen games or something? Right, you break it into quarters. You break it into quarters, mm-hmm. and they they so so they're not looking ahead too far, and they're looking at you know just let's play the games for this quarter and then right. the next quarter, and that's let's focus on a winning percentage for this quarter. Right, and so the same thing would go in football is that you have your preparation just like your backlog. You are grooming your backlog in football, but your backlog is the teams you're playing. So we are playing Syracuse this week. Nebraska next week, Southern Miss the week after that, you're not worried about week 10. You're worried about weeks one, two, three, and four. And you know week one very well. Week two, not quite as well, three, four. And the deeper you get, the deeper in the fog you get. But you have this cadence of, okay, so now we're past week one. Who's opponent in week five? And now let's start that cadence of inspecting them and planning how how we're going to attack them, just like an epic. And I'm not a football player, but I would argue – I think there's different levels of look ahead based on who you are. So if I'm Nick Saban with Alabama and I'm playing LSU the second to last game of the year, mm-hmm. I bet I'm looking ahead. I may be looking at game uh, films of LSU probably all season. Just like there are bigger, more complex right. stories. And I'm yeah. not losing sight of what's in front of us, right. but damn it. We need to beat LSU. Right. <laughs> right. Or I might even delegate Nick Saban may be focused on the team uh, game by game, seventy mm-hmm. percent uh, of his time. But you might delegate to an assistant coach or something like that, and say, you know, I, I'd like you to be looking ahead towards this game and this game and this game. Right. So we have the same thing going on now. Security. We're looking at refactoring security for us. That's not a small change. So Brent, architect, some of our more senior devs are looking ahead out, figuring out what the right thing to do. That's not something we do with most epics or stories because most epics or stories are kind of slam dunks we've done them before we just got to do the work and make it happen but this is something that's special this is lsu (laughs) this is that thing that's out there that we know we need to get right and isn't as simple as the other ones okay so let's get ahead of it 
So let's start bringing it back to Agile and start talking about the tempos. Mm -hmm. I'll just throw – so the sprint is an easy one. So every two two weeks or whatever the duration is – we have sprint tempo, te- tempo, and we have outputs. You know, at the end of that, so you pay attention to. At the beginning of that tempo, you have sprint planning. Mm-hmm. At the end of that tempo, you have a retro, and you have a demo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there, it's it, it's like lockstep. I, I, for example, like starting. I'm not dictating this, but I personally like starting like on, on the end of calendar weeks. So beginning and some people's some people start sprints in the middle of the week or That's whatever. That's what we do. I'm not opposed to that. It's just nice calendar tempo, right? Folks know that Fridays are sort of the end of the week, and it would be nice to say that's the end of the sprint as well. So if if everything's being equal, I'm like start sprints on Mondays, end them on Fridays. It's a two-week sprint, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Some people – So because tempo is so important to us, we put them in the middle of the week so that way holidays don't mess with our tempo. So I was was going to say that one of the problems with that is like holidays sometimes. And it messes with your tempo. Well, it it can and it can't. You could just ignore – you know, you could plan a nine-day sprint or an eight-day sprint, and your tempo is your tempo. Right. Right, or you can put it in the middle of the week, but there there could be something, mm-hmm. you know, you could have a trade show at right. the dude or something that impacts the middle of the week. Everyone, there's yeah. no perfect time, right? But sprint tempo, that start and stop, uh, I, and, I, and 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 the importance of maintaining it, right? Because because you get that consistency, you you learn what you can do as a team in that consistent time frame. For places I've seen where. Sprints are kind of all over the place. Yep. Sometimes they're three weeks, sometimes they're four weeks, just kind of whatever they figure out. It gets harder to get predictable and consistent when your unit isn't the same. Even within a sprint, I remember at eye contact, I could the the feeling of the first week of a sprint was different from the second week of a sprint, if mm-hmm. that makes sense, right? Yep. The first week of the sprint had a feeling of starting up, of gaining clarity, of of attacking the harder stories. So most teams, you you know, you'd hear people sort of grimacing a little bit because they'd underestimated a story. They had plenty of time, not plenty of time, but they had time. But it was like, oh, crap, we underestimated this. Mm-hmm. So you would hear those conversations. On the first few days of the first week, you wouldn't get a lot of sign-offs. You wouldn't get a lot of story completion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first week had a different flavor in the tempo than the second week. And, but it was always, it was almost always the same. It just felt the same. I could literally, if I, you know, you know how forgetful I am. If I went out into the teams, I could kind of sense just from the conversations and the activity of where we were in the sprint is part of that. Te- and, and it's not just oh, we're in the, we're in a two week sprint. It's like are we in the first week or the second week? Are we in the first few days of the first week or are we in the final days of the second week? Uh, story sign off was something I would call story sign off another tempo mm-hmm. when within a sprint what 's the tempo of stories getting signed off or stories getting completed is it are you waiting till the end or is it almost like uh, again, I think in healthier teams you get like a clockwork of every few days you get some stories so you get an even flow mm-hmm. as opposed to a bursty flow. Would you buy that yeah we 've seen some of the more mature teams hit that mark. Um, just, just in, again, they've done it enough. They've been through enough. They've been through that tempo and cadence a hundred times instead of twenty times. Yep. So they are more comfortable with the sizing. They know what they can do, what they can't do. They know how long it's going to take. All that stuff. So they do get a better flow. Whereas the younger teams, just they aren't there yet. 
And in some cases, tempo is bad. It's an indication. So it's not – so when the teams aren't hitting the tempo, it's an indication that they may need coaching help or they may need guidance or, or they're just learning or they're new, maybe to your point. So if, there, if there's not story sign-off, if that tempo has slowed and it would be normalized or it would be healthy or it would be a good thing, well, then you say, hey, maybe I need to coach this team more over time. Or maybe we talk about that in the retrospective. Maybe we talk about changing our tempo. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Uh, what about the stand-up daily? Is there a da- I think there's a daily tempo. Yeah. We talked about that in football, I think, didn't we? That's the practice. That was the practice. So the, the game was the, if I remember the analogy, the game was at the end of the, each sprint. It was the sprint demo, right? You're and going out there and showing what you got. You show what you got. So it's win or lose. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mean it to be so so constrained, but it's, you know, you either win the game or you lose the game, and then you go to another game. But wasn't it the practices we were talking about? There was a daily tempo to yep. the practices. Yep. Uh, that would be the daily stand-up. Uh, I, I'd say even that has a tempo. Are you on time or not? Do people show up with intensity? You know what I'm saying? Or not? I mean, are they there? Are they present? And, and, and a good team has a cadence within it, right? So you go, you answer the three questions, move on. There's not a lot of discussion beyond that. If there's a discussion that needs to be had, you table it and you discuss after. So a good, healthy team, there's a nice rhythm that they have with stand-ups, and they're snappy. I, I would even go afterwards, and I'm agreeing with you. I've seen uh, – so I measure the quality of a stand-up by the amount of meetings after the stand-up, the amount of deferrals, the amount of let's get together after the stand-up and look at this design. Mm-hmm. Kind of, and even that has a tempo. It's like boom, 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 right? And those meetings are short and sweet. Mm-hmm. They happen for another half an hour, and then there's work, mm-hmm. right? I have a, a, a thing, uh, and I'm, I'm curious as to how you – will react to this. So there's this notion of uh, immersion time or being in the zone, uh, flow time. There's a Polish guy in Chicago who I can't pronounce his name, but he talks about your most creative time is sort of being in the zone, getting in the flow. Uh, my flow is, as you know, is probably Very early. Is 4.30. In, in, in all seriousness, I get so much shit done from 4.30 in the morning, 4.30 to 5.00, to nine o'clock it just is it's amazing right and then i hit the skids and for the rest of the day i'm almost not i'm not you know i'm talking to clients and things like that but inevitably i probably get a day's worth of work done in four in those four hours Mm -hmm. is that part of like so is is part of tempo choosing your your flow time wisely and things what do you think about that yes we've messed with that a couple times around here and one of the things we've done is we've compressed scheduled meetings um, around days and clump them. So we minimize disruptions and we have known plan meetings in clumps together. So we get in, we knock those out, and then get as much of that other focus time as possible centered around that. Otherwise, we've had things where like every day at one thirty we had meetings, right? So we did it like that so that we knew, okay, one thirty every day, but then it chopped up the afternoons. So then we compress them into Wednesdays. So with our chapters, if you heard us talk about Spotify, we have these chapter meetings that are once a week. So every Wednesday is chapter day. So we come in, we knock those out. It's nice because it's planning day. So Wednesday, you plan in the morning, you have chapter meetings in the afternoon. That's it. You've got that done. Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, you're good to go. Right? You don't have that happening. It's stuff you need to get done, stuff we want to get done, but we clump them. That's... That's been something we've tried to do is to clump meetings together as much as possible. So efficiency. So you're – I mean I think that's part of it 
is worrying about efficiency. I'm sure football coaches worry about efficiency and transitions and things. So when you're doing time boxes, when I say, when, I think when we're saying tempo and time boxes, we're also, part of that is also the efficiency proposition. Right. right? Are we being efficient? And having tempo for creativity and innovation. Mm -hmm. So building in these points, at eye contact, we had like no meeting Tuesday afternoon, Thursday afternoon, where nothing, it wouldn't matter if God came down, those were for the team. Um, We gave people an option uh, to work from home uh, at certain times, right? It's like work from home. And that was, although they had to engage with their team, but the tempo then would be immersion, right? We were trying to be very sensitive yeah. to immersion, and it really worked for us. We got a lot done. Yeah, the thing that we try and push with folks is opt out, right? If the meeting's not for you, don't go. If your whole squad's invited, it doesn't mean everybody has to go. Maybe send one or two people to go and tackle it and just do it like that. We don't need everybody to to be a part of everything. So, so part of the tempo would be empowerment, right? right? Now, that doesn't translate to the football field, probably. Like, you need to get your butt to practice. Otherwise, you're not going to play. Right. So the, the, the big thing that we've really pushed with that is having the trust of we have a lot of strong personalities, a lot of very smart people yep. that have opinions on things, and they want to be involved in everything. But with 50 people, everybody can't be involved yep. in everything. So what I have to do is I have to trust that you and your front-end com- compatriots are going to architect things well and i don't need to worry about that i know you've got that yep so i don't need to be there so i trust bob to, to do that and that's been that's been a hurdle for for us especially the folks that have been around here the longest that when we started we were just one squad and everybody was in everything yep. but now we're 50 folks and now it's okay so i've got to trust that that squad over there is doing things the right way and we have mechanisms to get that trust but verify and see everything that's going on but that's but that's been the big step for us is trusting that the cadence is there and our culture wins. See, I think it's an important point in, in more of the global cadences, like when we start scaling and we start doing releases. I, I've seen almost in every agile instance, uh, as they grow, part of the maturity factor is that trust that you're alluding to, mm. and 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 to me the pattern is, that indicates it is everyone goes to every meeting, and suddenly. Over time, you start looking at we're not getting anything done right. because everyone is going to every meeting. And, oh, by the way, we have a lot of meetings which we've gotten so big. Mm-hmm. And you have to then sort of hit this hurdle where we have to start trusting each other and sending delegates and things like that. But really letting it go. And mm-hmm. that's hard for teams, right? right. It's, and it's the better you are, the brighter you are, the more – it's not a negative thing. Your heart is in the I want to help the design. Yeah. I want to help a team member, but you have to let it go. Right. But that, that, that tempo helps people know where the check-in points are. Correct. Right. So I'm not going to go to that meeting to discuss the underlying architecture of our new UI. But I'll see the results. But I'll see the results in the front-end chapter next Wednesday. Yeah. I'll see that. I'll understand what's going and on. And I'll have an input. And I'll have a feedback point. Right. And, or, or even like a sprint demo. Right. I can attend another team sprint demo. And right. I'll have a feedback opportunity. So that's the other thing with Agile is part of these tempos is, and Josh brought up a really good point of the, the trust, particularly as you scale, but you also have these, you have to take these feedback opportunities. You can't ignore them. Right. It's important. So part of the tempo is it's responsibility-driven tempo where you you don't engage at some points, but you do engage at other points is where it's appropriate. Right. But the key is knowing that there are those points out there and they're coming. Yep. Right? Because then people are comfortable like, oh, Okay. I know you guys are going to go figure this out. In the front end chapter, you're going to present it and say, here's what we came up with. Let me know what you guys think. 
and going from there as opposed to you're just going to go figure it out and then I'll find it later in six months when I go and use that library that you built and there's something wrong with it that I could have helped with. Yep. Um, so having those points that I know we're going to be there, that puts me at comfort with trusting you knowing that, yes, I am going to have a voice and I'm going to be able to see and understand and give the feedback needed. So that to me, that's what tempo really does is it opens the door for that trust to become a reality. There's two tempos that you, you alluded to them, I, at least one of them, earlier. So there's release tempo, um, which is multiple sprints. Um, and you may have – some people have sliding windows and things like that. But there is look ahead. You are predicting release chunks for clients. Uh, SAFE has PI planning and then, P, you know, uh, you know train releases. Uh, but there's also the grooming activity, the look-ahead activity at a story level. So you're looking ahead in the backlog – at stories and you're evolving them architecturally or the design, you're breaking them down and decomposing. Um, that has a, te- that should have a tempo from my point of view, you know, meetings, not just meetings, but sort of every two weeks we're looking ahead so much. We're, we're looking for dangling stories that need, you know, this one should be more mature than it is because it's two sprints away from work. Mm-hmm. And then there's sort of the planning side of what do our stakeholders, what do our customers expect? Uh, do you see those react the same thing? Yeah, to, to me, th- those are the indicators of a well-performing group of teams. When they're all doing those same things at the same level, the same consistency, the same cadence, and bringing that together. So folks that actually do refinement on a regular basis. And the refinement sessions also have a cadence and a rhythm, you know, where – Okay, these are the things that are coming up next sprint. Cool, those are good. Let's move on. Next sprint, let's look at those. Oh, these aren't pointed. Let's talk through those. Let's get that done. Okay, three sprints out. Let's introduce the things that are coming and start that discussion. So you get in there, you get in that rhythm. Again, people walk in that room. They know what to expect. They know what do I need to be prepared for? What are stories out there that I should dig into a little bit before that meeting? Because they know how it's going to operate. They understand the rhythm. And they know what's going to happen every other Thursday. Or whatever that is, or that PSI planning session. Well, when they're looking up. ahead to normal, and they're they're identifying abnormal. So let's right. say these the, this set of stories should be you know they're coming up in the next sprint, not the, in the sprint after the next one. Well, they should have a semblance. They should have a level of clarity uh, that's normal, right? It feels mm-hmm. the right way. If they're abnormal, we need to accelerate that. So right. the tempo is a it's sort of a QA step or a a normalization step, or are we, you know, are we at risk or not step as well sometimes, right? It's not, it's not an event, but things get, you know, stories feel right. This story is ready. It's, it's on the right trajectory Mm -hmm. for that sprint. And these, this set of stories are not on the right trajectory. It's the cadence, sort of the normalization. We've been doing this for a long time. You can almost smell them. They, they, they look different in the, in the, uh, in the backlog and the tool that you're using. What other? So we've talked. I wanted to. I wanted to bring out the release and the. So I think there's a roadmap. So really good companies at roadmap have a cadence with roadmap and mapping to the roadmaps and evaluating the roadmap and producing a new version of the roadmap based on what they've learned over the cadence of the things that have happened more often below them, right? And then that feeds into here's an updated version of the roadmap based on what we know, and doing that and that has to have the same cadence. Otherwise, you're going to be like a rudderless boat. So there's this planning onion thing, this annual, this agile planning onion. I don't reference it that much, but it's, but it's a good, it's a good metaphor. 
uh, where you go to roadmaps down to daily activities or something. Mm-hmm. So if you if you find that onion, that planning onion, you can do a Google search for Agile Planning Onion. Uh, every one of those layers would have a, a cadence associated with it, and and we should be aware, cognizant, planning. And I would call it a normal cadence and an abnormal cadence. So be aware of normal versus abnormal in your in your organization. Right. The thing that we've done, the what I think is the secret sauce of how we've been successful here at the Dude is we've um, we've just applied Scrum. So every level up, every every cadence. So we have the sprint, we have the product, we have the roadmap. All those things we just do them the same way. We have a backlog. We have a refinement. We have regular recurring refinement sessions. We know what they're going to do. And that has simplified things for us, that we walk into that meeting, hey, we've done this a hundred times, not, oh, man, it's roadmap planning. Right. We haven't done this in like a year, or I've never done a backlog refinement. Yeah, you've done it 50 times on the sprint version, but now you're doing it on the roadmap version, so it's the same thing, just bigger chunks of work. I think as I'm listening, I think people give pushback. So what... I could see a group of people, agilists, who listen to us, and they're like, well, that sounds unagile, Josh and Bob, because that sounds very prescriptive. That sounds, you know, agile is supposed to be figure out and do whatever you want. Right. Uh, so um, do what makes sense. So if you have grooming, you know, on Tuesday one week and you want to skip it the next week and skip it for two weeks or it's too painful or whatever, we should be able to do whatever we want. Uh, how do you respond to that? Um I would compare their success to our success okay, and say that one of the things that's helped us be successful is that cadence and that tempo and that rhythm and the clear expectations of what those meetings are and not having them be diverse, right? Knowing that a refinement session is a refinement session. Yeah. I've refined 50 backlogs in the past year. So I do it on the roadmap. It's still a backlog. So look at the results. Right. I'd, I'd come at it too with, I mean, it's just core, and you said this, core scrum. Right. You know, you can... I mean, people can do whatever the heck they want. But if you want to be doing Scrum, look at the book and and sort of play by the rules and see how the rules do for you, right? It would be like playing a football game. You know, if if Duke would come into a basketball game and say, well, I don't like four quarters. I want three. Well, no one's going to change it. Right. So they can play three and then take the last one off. They're going to lose the game. So maybe Well, and that's look- what we did, right, is we recognized we had a need. We had a process that works, and not just works for us, but has been proven for quite a long time. Exactly. So why try and reinvent it? If exactly. we have something in front of us that we've validated externally and val- then validated internally with other groups, why not replicate that? Why not do that again? So, so, so for us, it just wasn't worth trying to figure something else out because yeah. we had something that worked. So let's just scale it up and yep. do that. That yep. was the that was the thing that kind of smacked us in the face of. Why are we trying to create something new? We have something. It's still a backlog. Right. It's still a cadence. That's that's why we put it in every four weeks we do this, every six weeks we do this, just because it was in our rhythm, it was comfortable, it's how we operate, and it's a backlog. So let's refine it. Right. I think, I mean, guidance for folks is you can, we're not saying you're stuck with your cadence. And, and I'm going to use the term heartbeat. I keep coming back to that. I think it is on human terms, on organic terms, Heartbeats are good, right? If your heart was frantically beating all over the place, you'd be in the emergency room, unfortunately. You'd be yeah. worrying about that. So so cadence isn't bad. Heartbeats, Agile is very much a heartbeat-oriented thing, but you defined the beat or you defined the cadence. If you want to change, for example, your sprint length from two weeks to three weeks, 
We're not saying you can't yeah. do that. That's fine, but stick with it. But stick with it for a while, and for a good while. Yeah. And and then consider the reasons you switched, and then see it, and then verify that those your things have improved, and then stay with it. If they haven't, then maybe revert or have that discussion. Yeah, so we, so we just did that. Our roadmap refinement used to be done every six weeks. Now we're doing it every four, four weeks just because there was too much change happening. We wanted to keep it current, so we changed it. And we're going to go with that for 2017 and see and see how that goes. So we're doing it more often because there was a feedback from from the team that there's too much change going on here. We need to do it more often. So let's do that. And we made the change. And After sa- doing it that and way sample for a year and a half. And, but you're sampling it for not just one time. You're sampling it for a year. Right. Which if you were changing sprint cadence, you might sample that for a quarter or right. something and then reevaluate. So, so we're not – we're not unagile. We're not being prescriptive. But we're just being pres- that we're just highlighting the cadence, and it's in my experience as well, and it's you know Schwaber and Sutherland's experience. The cadence is good, mm-hmm. and it goes back to football, and I think it goes back to human beings. That human beings we like seasons. I mean, there's inherent in nature. There's inherent cadence, yeah. right? There's a seasonal cadence. Uh, you grow things in the spring. You 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 grab nuts if you're a squirrel. You grab nuts in the fall, for for winter. So so nature is full of I think cadence as well. There's a daily cadence. There's monthly, right? There's cyclical cadences. Uh, and as human beings, we're comfortable. We're we're more comfortable in that. Did we miss? Have we covered all? The, so story level cadence, daily level cadence, sprintly, sub sprint, uh, release. Uh, road mapping. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Do we miss any? I love I you. So. I love your football connection. That was right on, uh, and it, it came back. I'm trying to think. The thing I don't know if we amplified it enough, and I'm just going to highlight it. It's there's good cadence and there's bad cadence. Josh and I were talking about this before we started recording. That that your cadence is is good and it has a deliverable, but you also want to be reading it for are we. Are we not adhering to our normal cadence? You know, so for example, I'll give you a, a for instance. Uh, you know, we're not uh, we're not normally we have a post uh, stand up discussions because we're change, we're doing so much creative uh, swarming. Uh, but for the last week, we haven't done that at all. Mm-hmm. So it's the the lack of cadence, the lack of that, the lack of consistency. And, and I'm not. I'm not using. I'm just saying. Pay attention, and ask yourself why, as a team, or as a scrum master, or as a yeah. coach. And is it is it is, does it have a valid rationalization, or is there something underlying? So I'm thinking risk indicators. If any of you have are like traditional project managers, I think paying attention to cadence is like looking at a dashboard. Yeah. And there's indicators there, and sometimes the check engine light may. Some of the tempo may may indicate a check engine light, and you may want to check the engine. Yeah, and to me, so that stuff's happened, and what I end up doing is just asking why. Like, hey, what, what's going on? We normally do this. What's going on? Because in reality, it's usually because I don't have all of the info that the squads have. Yeah. Right? Of, oh, well, we stopped doing this because we're doing this. And I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. You know, Because yep. something didn't feel right. Right? So we had the stand-up, and then there wasn't that normal chatter. That's my favorite part of the day is the post-stand-up chatter. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right? Because that's, to me, that's that – that's the engine has cranked, and we are getting ready to build some really cool shit. And it could it could stop because there's a dysfunction, and right. you want to surface that. Or it could stop because they're so far ahead of things 
that for this sprint they don't need it, right? right? Because the grooming was excellent, right? Right. Which is fine. Right, but the key to your point is to investigate it. Ask, just ask. Ask, see. ask observe. It's, it's, it's a dashboard. So it's, it's pay attention to, it's like plus cadence, minus cadence. Mm-hmm. At all of those levels, and make sure it's healthy cadence from that point of view and, and that you have feedback loops for that. Um, what else? And well, that's a, then maybe that's the way we wrap up. And cadence without feedback is what? Let's use uh, the end of release, like having a release demo prior to release, and we're doing a roadmap. So you're doing a dude-wide release demo, uh, and you get no feedback. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a bad smell as well. Absolutely. Right? So part of, part of the cadence uh, over time is you see, see trending that people care. Like the daily stand-up, we have the swarming at the end. It's a healthy thing. We're talking about what's happening that day. Uh, at the end of a release, we're talking about how did the release go. There's excitement. There's sa- maybe sadness and disappointment. Fine. We'll change that next time. Mm-hmm. But that's the feedback loops that you want. Cadence that's just silent. You get it in football, I'm it sure. It's wasted, right? It's, it's just, wasted. Yeah. It, it's, it, it has to generate engagement and feedback. Uh, otherwise, it, and that's we need to change something, right? Right. That, that's the absolutely, absolutely, and and sort of, it's like an engine that has all of these. I hate, man, I'm pulling analogies out of my ears, but I mean, there's cylinders and there's a drive shaft, and all of those things are on. So, is that engine really well balanced? And if it's not, then the feedback. And there's a computer in most engines nowadays that are mm-hmm. making all these little adjustments to fuel and things like right. that. That's that's sort of what you want to be doing. That's the feedback loops. I think we nailed this sucker. We did. Out of the park. Out of the park. What do you think? Yeah. Into the ocean. Did you point out there? I did call our shot. You did call it, didn't you? Yeah. I think you did. Yeah. Metacasters, it was in the beginning when he got so damned perky about the football, his hand went out, (laughs) and he was like pointing it at sort of, I think it was center field, because that's the furthest distance. Absolutely. Because you you, you ain't going down the lines. You're going straight at center. Yeah. Because you're a big guy. Yeah. And you got a big swing. Yeah. Yeah. We need to end this quickly. Yeah, yeah. It's going in the wrong direction. All right. So from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina, we hope you enjoyed Tempo. Uh, and we need to tempo our butts out of here. I'm Bob Galen. It's terrible. And I'm Josh Anderson. <laughs> Shake. <laughs> Take care, y'all.